Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your Week in IndyCar listener Q&A show. No, is this the listener show or is this the guest show? I don't know. I'm confused because the guy that I'm talking to is one of our listeners. So I don't know what to do here. Alex Pillow, are you the guest? Are you just a listener chiming in? What are we doing here? I have no idea. I think I'm a little bit of everything, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to listen to it and I'm always a listener. I'm a member of the Pru Day and I don't know what else to say, but yeah, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> All kidding aside, this is indeed our guest episode for the week and it comes one month, one month and one day, Alex, after you became an NTT IndyCar Series champion. Hard to believe a month has gone by. Before we get into that and what your life has been over the last month, let's say a big thanks as always to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers for supporting us here in the show and our good friends at torontomotorsports.com, who I know you're getting to know, Derek, and the Toronto Motorsports folks a bit yourself. So you have this Prude listener group that was losing their mind with their guy, their fellow member winning the IndyCar Championship you have been on what seems like a nonstop media tour. I guess tell folks what you're doing right now and what this last month has been like for you since you have something to celebrate and tell the world about this big achievement of yours. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy how the time flies. Like um, it feels like last weekend that we we were at Long Beach, but um, but yeah, I've been really busy. Uh, with media uh, all over uh, at my house in the Zoom and then just doing also um, interviews like on, on places. But uh, yeah, it's been super fun, uh, really busy and and I'm just loving it because it's all talking about good stuff, how good this year was, how big of a dream this was for me. And, and yeah, I've I got to... I got the opportunity to go to some places that I've never been. Like I got to to watch my first NASCAR race um, as a guest, my first uh, NFL game, my first uh, NBA game. So I'm just doing a lot of uh, first-time things. You are at the Ganassi shop right now. Tell me yeah. about the culture there, the temperature there. Very accustomed, obviously thanks to your teammate Scott Dixon, to winning championships. So while yours was by no means the first for them, you are the first new IndyCar champion they have had for quite some time, 2011 being the last with Dario Franchitti. Tell me about the reception within the building. Are they nicer to you? Do they give you a key card to get in? You don't have to knock on the front door and wait for someone to let you in. Tell us about the perks and uh, what you feel inside that might be uh, better or different from uh, when you showed up for your first day. No, I have I have a key since I think my first week, but uh, unfortunately I forget it 90% of the time, so I still have to wave <laughs> and say, hey, can you open? Um, so that didn't change. Um, and I think they are a bit um, a bit worse on me now because I think they had the confidence from one year together and because we had some success and, and they are happy so they, they take uh, like they put me more uh, bad stuff on me which is, is great we have a really good relationship and 
um, yeah, I just came here today to have a team lunch, uh, celebrate a little bit more and give thanks to everybody that it's also at the shop. Like we don't see it uh, many often and they don't get recognized during the race weekends, but uh, at least we can have some, some time here at the shop to, to say thank you to them. Why don't we dive into the questions that we have for you, Alex? Going to get back to some of what you mentioned about some of the things that you've done over the last month. But why don't we start here with our friend Brian Burrell. He says, Alex, honestly, you came out of nowhere for the majority of North American racing fans and blew us all away. He says, I know with your personality as well, you've gained a ton of fans. He asks, coming into the season, what were your realistic expectations? Did you see yourself having more wins than Scott Dixon and beating Scott Dixon, gaining tons of fans, winning the title, finishing second at Indy, etc. Very curious about what you had as your highest realistic goals to start and how they measured up by the end. Um, man, it's difficult to say. So I remember uh, beginning of the year, well, once I got the opportunity to drive for uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, that was like a big moment and that was something I didn't expect to come that early. Um, but once I got the opportunity and I obviously knew and everybody knew that once you're in a big team like uh, Ganassi, you you have all the tools and all the team around you to to try and, and be up front every weekend. Um, so it was all up to me. Um, the target it was always to win, but at the same time, I knew maybe it was a bit too early, didn't know many tracks, uh, still didn't have enough experience in some uh, areas and, and and I had Scott uh, with the same tools as I did and and he's he's the man so um, I just took it session by session and race by race and it worked it worked on the races that I knew I could do really well uh, like road courses uh, we I think we we all finish it uh, all the races in the top five which that was great and then we did we tried our best in, in other races that we were not so strong. So um, for sure, the result we got this year, much better than I could have ever imagined. Um, we got like, I don't know, seven, eight podiums. Uh, we won the championship, three wins. So it was uh, an awesome year for sure. The constant presence in and around the top five, I think that was the part, Alex, that stood out to me the most and this is a formula written about it for ever spoken about it in particular with dixon's championships dario's championships and they certainly weren't the first to employ that approach but rather than always going for the smallest gap and taking the highest risk knowing that if they pull it off of course maybe there's a win or a second but they could also finish last if it doesn't happen. There's been an approach by some of your championship predecessors at Ganassi to be very smart and intentional about how they go racing while trying to earn a title. You speak a little bit about that because what you're able to do, as you mentioned, was always be there. Of course, you had a couple of races that didn't go according to plan, but for the most part, you were always there or thereabouts earning big points, not necessarily putting yourself in risky uh, situations. Did that happen just luckily by accident 
or was that a mindset you brought into this new opportunity at Ganassi? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, one of the big things about us this year was that we were always trying to maximize opportunities. That means that uh, sometimes we didn't have the car or or my driving to win, but uh, but we scored as many points as possible, and that's how at the end of the of the year you realize that you got I don't know fifteen extra points to um, to to what you could have done uh, by risking a race or or doing crazy stuff. So I think my way of driving since I was a kid was a bit like that, like not going crazy with crazy overtakes. Like I told you the other day, Marcel, like I'm not the guy that uh, people is going to talk for doing crazy overtakes. Um, and, and that's been me. But, um, but yeah, for sure, I saw like many other people from outside the way that Scott um, won six championships. Um, it was by maximizing every race. Uh, when when he's not able to finish second, he finishes third and, and, and stuff like that. So um, I tried... Uh, it worked. I don't know if it's going to keep on working for many years, but I'll keep on, on, on trying for sure. What do we go to? Dean Snyder says, first time asking a question, by the way. So uh, welcome to the uh, welcome to the good old podcast here, Dean. He says, as a Japanese Super Formula alumni, Alex, do you feel teams should pay more attention to the drivers from that series? Also asks, are there any particular drivers from Super Formula you thought might be pretty darn good in an Indy car? Uh, also wonders if you think Formula Super Formula is a good prep for Indy car as well. So, who's over there that should be here, and what do you think? You think it got you all ready for uh, year one in Indy car? Well, thank you, Dean. We have a really nice group of people in Twitter called the Pro Day, and you can join if you want. Um, look at that doing promos yeah I'm doing promos (laughs) Marcel and yeah I'm I'm happy about myself but no um, yeah Super Formula it's it's an amazing championship I think um, the the car is quite similar to an Indy car being there's always lots of differences between car to car but I mean the speed wise and, and the things that demands from a driver and then the way they set up the championship, it's the only championship together with IndyCar uh, in single-seaters that you refuel, which it doesn't seem super important, um, but when you have to save some fuel in races and you come here into IndyCar, which is a big thing, uh, I was a bit ready. I w- I'm not the best, and I'm I'm really far off like Dixon uh, fuel-saving level, but um, I think I was ready uh, enough to to try and, and do some fuel saving strategies and drivers. I think there's a lot of great drivers over there. To be honest, uh, there's a Japanese driver that it's been winning a lot. I think he has like four championships and it's called Yamamoto. I think he would be really good there. And one guy that is not there anymore, but um, but uh, won the championship when I was there is Nick Cassidy. He's yeah. in Formula A now. And I'm trying to get him here. Uh, uh, I'm, I have a really good relationship with him, and I think he would do really well. But um, he's he's staying on the electric side, so uh, hopefully one day. Gotcha. So you mentioned the refueling part, and knowing that the tires are so high quality, the chassis is high quality. There's a lot of downforce 
I mean, it really is something where if by chance someone is not able to go to Indy Lights, there's no doubt that Super Formula offers something really important in terms of education, just not something as we found when you joined us here in IndyCar that has much of a profile in North America. So if anything, we got a little gift of someone we didn't know and then became a champ in his second season. It's just so crazy. Uh, let's go to our pal Jamie Rowe. Says Alex, congrats on the championship and thank you for your win at Barber, which won him eight hundred dollars in his Ooh. first ever IndyCar bet. You're making people money, Polo. Look at that. Oh wow. Um, well, I hope I get a free dinner or something. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie says uh, it doesn't have to be a win, but he's wondering which race this past season are you most proud of uh, for your own performance and also the team's performance. So, which one stands out? Um, it's always difficult because all the races are important, all the wins and all the results, but I would say Portland, yep. Portland, because it was my first pole position. Um, I started up front. I thought that was going to have a really smooth and clean and not easy, but easier than other races. And suddenly everything went wrong on my first, uh, breaking, uh, zone where we got a small contact with, uh, Felix and, and we both got collected with Scott and we had to start from the back again. But, uh, yeah, we never gave up. The, the, the team did a really good job on the strategy and, and we won that race from, from the back. I know at some point we were like P20 or something like that. So I think that was uh, one of the most special wins and races. And also the confidence I got from that race was uh, pretty high. So, yeah, that's that's my favorite one. That's the one that stood out for me as well, Alex. And as I've mentioned to you before, and I probably have mentioned on the show, the one thing we had not seen from you this past season, although you led the majority uh, of the championship throughout the year, is we had not seen that under big pressure, go claim it, make it your own, make a statement that I'm going to kick everybody's behind. And so you going out, getting pole, obviously the start of the race wasn't everything that you'd hoped for, but with some yellows and the great strategy call and such, you were able to rally back and win. But tell us a little bit about that, because pressure's on. You had two terrible uh, races in a row, one with a motor failure, not your fault, one being right after that being taken out, not your fault. Pato uh, elevates to leading the championship going to the last three races. You're feeling the heat. You're having to deliver. And you told everybody at Portland, nope, you're not taking this from me. Tell us about that mindset because we saw it play out with your actions and results. Yeah, I think we... I would agree that uh, after Indy Road Course, the second race and, and Gateway, the, the thing was not falling apart completely, but it was starting to move. So um, it was not a time to panic, but it was a time to make sure everything went right. Um, and we had, I think, three, two or three weeks in between uh, Gateway and uh, Portland. And I just prepared myself and, and together with the team 
uh, as much as possible to make sure those last three races uh, were good and, and actually it worked. So um, I don't know. The mindset was just, as you say, I, I want this win and nobody's take it, is going to take it back from me. But I got the pole and I was like, yeah, man, I, we did it. And then suddenly on the first corner, I was like, oh, no, maybe that's not what I needed or what I expected. So um, anyway, uh great strategy by the team and and also we were we were pushing we overtook uh on track uh, joseph and and scott and and it was a great race so i don't know i it's one of those races and one of those moments in your career where everything let's say goes right and the same way that in indie road course and and gateway everything went wrong on those last uh three races everything went right let's go to here we go. Hrishi Despond, our pal Hrishi. All right, we're going to get back to some of the perks of being a champ. Says, congratulations again. Said, you've had quite the off-season victory tour. Gotten to go to NASCAR race, Pitbull concert, NFL, and NBA games. Curious if you've had uh, something that was your favorite so far among all the firsts that you have had. <laughs> yeah, I, I did lots of first, thing, first things in my life, and I, it was all awesome to be honest. Like the concert was was super fun, and it was uh, what started everything. After that concert, I did lots of uh, many more things. But um, I don't know. I would say football. Like it's something I never experienced anything like that before like uh, yeah i know soccer in europe but it, it's not even close i know basketball so nba was cool but um i knew i i already knew uh the sport and, and the atmosphere but i think going to the Colts game was was pretty fun and now i'm just following uh nfl every week so i'm i think i'm i'm in the sport i'm, I'm enjoying it at least at least for now wow what about your NASCAR visit, uh, that seemed to be fun. It was great to see that NBC uh, made a point of uh, grabbing you and interviewing you. I know that you and I discussed privately a little while ago that it was deafening. So uh, that part must have been interesting. But did you see anything there that interested you either from the vehicles or the style of racing? Because obviously it is our most popular form of racing in the U.S. and has been for a while. Hasn't always interested those in IndyCar, though, because technology-wise and speed-wise, eh, not quite where we are, but were you able to appreciate some of what you saw there first time? Yeah, um, I had a great time. I think when you go as a special guest, it's, it's everything. It's awesome. Like, I got to meet lots of drivers, uh, got to meet uh, James Bond, man. I got to meet James Bond and took a picture with him, so that was wow. pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was good. Um, and about the race, the the cars are loud, which I like. Um, the atmosphere, I have to say, they do a really good job on the show. Like driver intros, it was pretty big, to be honest. Like I said, oh man, we should have this like this big. Uh, everybody was there uh, at the straight, and 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 the way they um, introduced the drivers, it was pretty cool. Um, then one thing I liked. I think was the stage system. Um, I don't know how how it would work in IndyCar if it would be good or not, but I think it's interesting because, uh, especially for fans that they they see that it's a hundred lap race, 
if you think uh, 100 lab, maybe you say, oh, maybe I can turn the TV off and, and turn it on in 20 minutes. But if you have a stage where every 25 or 30 or do you name it, have X amount of laps, um, you give points. So you have like mini races inside the race. I, I think that was interesting. A part of that, uh, I like the speed of IndyCar. I like the racing of IndyCar. Um, and that was just a fun experience. Why don't we go to Jamie Bender? Yet again, says congratulations on your first title. Says, now that you are the reigning champ, what have you felt from IndyCar? Have you felt a strong effort to push you forward into, uh, say, a bigger spotlight? You seeing, feeling yourself becoming more of a recognized person so far since winning the title. That's a thing that we always hope happens, right? IndyCar champ becomes more of a household name gains more popularity to then bring more fans or more attention to the sport. I don't know if it's hard to answer since you're the one in the middle of that spotlight, but do you feel like you've been put in front of enough people or a lot of people so far to maybe tell your story? I mean, you always want more. Um, You always, uh, once you get something big, like winning an IndyCar championship and knowing how difficult it is and you don't know if you're going to get it, 10 more times or, or this is going to be the last one. You, you never know. You, you hope that it's going to be for a long time, but uh, yeah, we don't know. And, and I think we, we would like overall all the drivers and all the teams and sponsors to be a bit more recognized and have more time. Um, but I think it's growing, which is good. So we're heading the right way, uh, the right direction. And, and I think it's growing. I think in Spain, they didn't talk, anything during the season but then once i won the championship they gave us some time on the media which i think that was good and it's not enough but it's growing so that's the important stuff um i got a bit more recognized here in indy which is great um i love to see fans from indycar uh, getting to know the drivers and as i said hopefully we can grow a bit more and and we get more fans and 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 yeah we make the series bigger and bigger let's fire through the last couple of questions here brother brian cohen says curious about alex's coffee shop uh the one that you and your girlfriend own back in spain have you seen an increase in business there and have you named a new coffee brew in honor of your championship (laughs) no no um so Lots of people didn't know before, obviously, lately, I, I would speak a bit more about the coffee shop and now everybody knows, but uh, no, I didn't see a big uh, sales spike, <laughs> which would be great. Um, and about the coffee, I'll need to think about Maybe I can bring some and make a special batch for, for the championship. That's not going to be hard to do. Alex's ethanol blend. I think that'd be good. Alex ethanol blend. I like it. Or I really like it. Or it'd kill you. One of the two, but coffee's kind of meant to have a serious effect on your system. Uh, let's see. Why don't we go to Joey Tebbin? So Scott Dixon always stuck with the number nine when he won championships. Curious, will you uh, steal Joseph Newgarden's hashtag, defend the one hashtag, uh, and take the number one? in honor of winning the championship? Or do you think you're going to stick with the number 10 next year? So as a kid, I always wanted to have the number one because the number one means that you're a champion. 
But then when you have such a special number like the 10, um, I think it's more special than the one. The one, as you said, uh, Newgarden had it this uh, last year and he had it multiple years and, and everybody that wins a championship can have it, but not the number 10. And the number 10 is also really special to me because um, that was the first number I ever used in motorsports. When I first started, when I was five years old, the number that was in my go-kart was number 10. Don't ask me why, but that was the number. Um, and I think I would keep it. I, I like to keep it. And I think I can put a number one inside the 10. I know some people said you can put the number 10 inside the one, but I like to keep the number 10 um, and make it bigger and, and, and try and win again with the number 10. I did see one of our listeners recommended to have the zero slightly faded so that while it's still a number 10, the one stands out more than the zero. So I thought that was a pretty smart suggestion too. So maybe I can, I can have that suggestion. I don't know if that's going to get very far or no. Uh, You're the champ. Just tell it, you know. If they're not going to listen to you when you win the championship, man, whoo, boy, I tell you. Yeah, but maybe they say, oh, with the TV, you don't look, you cannot really see the zero and stuff. But I, I'm sure we can do something. Come on. Yeah. See, exactly. All right, we're going to get serious here for a minute. Our pal Nathan at Indy Nathan says, in the last 13 years, there's only been one driver under the age of 30 to win the Indy 500, that being Alexander Rossi. Says, why do you think Indy seems to favor veterans more than most tracks? Also curious, is there anything you learned, say, from year one to year two at Indy that helped you get so close to drinking the milk? Oh, yeah. So this year I was able to learn a lot from from Elio and from other drivers and just from running. I mean, why? The reason is experience. That's it, period. Um, it's it's a really difficult race to manage. Um, I think this year I had the best car during the race. I had the fastest car and I didn't win because of experience um, because Elio did a better job than me, not because the car allowed him to do anything different. It's just because he did... Uh, he he knew how to read the race and I didn't know how to look at the traffic and him and, and Pato there and um, and I was not ready to win and he was. So that's why we don't see many young guys uh, winning, but, um, but we'll try and change it. I love it. All right, we're going to get to our pal Cassie Johnston. She is one of a few who've asked, Mentions, by the way, congrats on being the first ever Pruday IndyCar champion. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, that's she's, awesome, yeah. She says, among friends, let's be honest, how sick are you now of fried chicken? Among friends? Oh, so everybody asked me that. And it's like, just imagine one of your favorite foods being given to you normally for free a lot during a month. It's fine. I like it. I, I, I love it. Like it's normally really good fried chicken. Obviously if you give me bad fried chicken, I'm going to just skip it. Um, but it's really good. And my engineer is not happy about that. Um, I think <laughs> I took some extra pounds, but I have some time to get, to get them off. But yeah, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not sick. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's days where I had like three days in a row and yeah, then I was like, oh, please come on, not, in, not again, <laughs> some fried chicken. But if it's, if we skip some days, I like it, I enjoy it. But, uh, but yeah, I think 
Um, if I could go back in time and change that uh, tradition, I would go for fruit, for example, which would be a lot healthier, would be a lot better for the team and for my performance in the future. But uh, yeah, we will stick for with fried chicken at the moment. <laughs> have you had, has someone given you or have you been to a restaurant where you're like, oh, this fried chicken is just trash? Not trash, but yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I had. I had an, in some interviews where they would bring some fried chicken and we would go somewhere and it was not good. And it's like, ah, oh, man, no, no, don't do it like that. But it's okay. I know, I think I'm, I can say that I'm becoming an expert in fried chicken. Ooh. And hopefully one day we can have ethanol fried chicken by oh, Alex somewhere. <laughs> you know? My only That's regret. My only regret from the end of the season is you and I were on not able to find the time to do the one thing we wanted to do. And it had nothing to do with fried chicken. It was to go and sample some of the amazing um, South American restaurants. I mean, they're generically called Mexican restaurants, but go and do burrito sampling. That's the one thing I that we... I, we, said, we said we had to do it, but uh, man... I future know. goals. We, 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 still, yeah, we still have to do it, and we'll do it. We'll... We'll, we'll do it. We'll do some pictures. We'll do a, a rating with uh, burritos, different places we go, and, and we're not going to care about what my engineers say. Well, we'll bring Julian, have... too, I'll, and we're going to put the hottest of hot sauce on there. English folk and crazy hot sauce <laughs> tend not to go well together. But all right, why don't we get down to, uh, let's see, our pal Right Turn Lover says, uh, just here to mostly congratulate Alex on a great season. Fine job by a nice young man. But here's the token question. Says he is now animalistically confused. Gorilla or alpaca? He says, or is one spirit animal for road and street courses and the other for ovals? What's going on here? Yeah, I know. That's my fault. I mean, the gorilla thing, it's, it's, it's you know, it's gorilla time. And I need work this year and I'm going to keep it for the future. I think... It just translated to people uh, the message I wanted to 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 get. Um, that is that sometimes you need to go aggressive and 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 at the same time being uh, really calm. Um, but then the alpaca thing, I love alpacas. Like that's not because they are aggressive or because anything. I just love them um, the way they look, and I don't know why, but I'm, I feel. I feel that I like alpacas, and and one of the questions you had it was uh, which animal would you bring to a driver intros, right? And, yep. And I think I would bring an alpaca for a driver intros, but then I would go with a gorilla on track. So um, yeah, I think it's different. Uh, I have different animals uh, for different uh, places, but it's just alpaca and gorillas, nothing else. Nothing else, he says. Uh, let's see. Our pal John Ranjow asks, Alex, do you also like donuts by any chance? Of course. Okay. As I would Who hope. Doesn't? Well, there's some, again, some great Ganassi lineage there with Alex Zanardi, the, uh, the master, master manufacturer of donuts, that being mostly, though, uh, post-race uh, production there. Uh, let's see. My wife tells me she is ready for... Uh, breakfast so i need to go get that ready for her in just a moment because we've got chemo coming up in just a little bit uh so why don't we go with one question and one statement 
Our pal Sarah Morell, she and Jeremiah, you know from uh, the Prude chat group there. She says, we've got to know the full review on Jolly Ranchers Hard Candy from the hashtag Prude. Uh, which flavor is your favorite? And uh, do you feel the, uh, quote, Jolly Rancher title matches your personality, uh, according to the Ask Off Track podcast? Well, that was a nice present I got here at the CGR shop one day, and, and I got to try them. So I would say my favorite uh, flavor was apple. Um, and then I I didn't really get when, who was that? Was Connor that uh, said that about the Jolly Ranchers and and my personality, I didn't really get it. I think it's it's a good thing. Why not? Um, but I need to fully understand what he meant with that. <laughs> I have yeah, I have no idea. I wish I had time to catch all the episodes there. I do appreciate, and I know you do as well, since you are a member of the podcast listener group, you did have some of the amazing members like Sarah and her husband and others put together a little care package for you and send it to the shop. And so what's it like getting gifts like that? For, I realize that the, they're your fellow members, but just fans in general wanting to give you gifts, tokens of appreciation and whatnot. That has to be a pretty surreal thing as well. The average human being, Alex, does not wake up and have folks just wanting to give them nice things. Yeah, that's true. And for people to understand, I'm just a normal folk as well. Like I'm just a normal kid that is living the dream. So for me to get a special package from somebody that took their time and just um, uh, wrote a letter for me, like they actually, um, they they gave me like a postal card also uh, really nice with a fried chicken on on <laughs> on the on the cover and with a written uh, message which it's super nice and I get quite a lot of them I would love to get even more um, because I I feel that's really special and it makes me feel really good and not only me but also to the team sometimes we when they speak about my crew I just show it to them because I think it's awesome to get a nice nice presents or nice messages from from our fans Let's say farewell to the episode, Alex, and thanks again for taking time and speaking to your people. Why don't we close the show with Robbie Berggren? And this is another normal kid living the dream reaction type thing I'd love to hear about. Robbie says, hey, Alex, just wanted to let you know you are my three-year-old daughter's favorite driver, and she cried tears of joy when you won the championship. I love that as a final submission here for the show because I know as a normal guy doing a podcast, I just do this because I enjoy it. I have no expectations of it having any impact or influence anywhere. So when someone says something nice back about it, it always blows me away because there's just no expectation for anything like that. What's it like for you to hear an American IndyCar fan and his three-year-old daughter uh, just absolutely loving you and cheering you on and knowing that I'm sure there are plenty more instances like this. How do you process that? Because it's a beautiful thing, but I know you're not someone who just takes it like, oh, thanks, cool, whatever. I know these things affect you. Yeah, obviously, like uh, like I said, like um, I know I have a special job and, and it's to drive fast cars and, and try and win races. But 
you I don't realize that there's some people that get uh, inspired or they cheer and they they really feel like it's it's not that they just cheer and they like to see the fast cars they really feel when you succeed and they want you to succeed so for me it's it's awesome to get messages like that and do we know the name of the daughter I don't but Robbie who oh. I'm sure is listening will uh, reach out and let me know and uh, maybe uh, I'll get an email address from Robbie and maybe you can uh, uh, send him a little uh, something or a photo or something like yeah, that for his course. daughter. We'll do. So. We'll do. But yeah, it's it's awesome. So um, I always uh, appreciate when people spend some time of their lives and spend uh, to to write me something to give us a message like that. And, and it's awesome. That's that's why we love this sport so much. A month ago, you became the champ. For the rest of your life, get to call you champ. So happy for you, my man. Also happy you get to finally go home to Spain here soon and see your family and, and do normal things there too. So hopefully yeah, uh that's gonna be that's gonna be good to celebrate with them. And yeah, thank you, Marcel. Hopefully we'll get to uh, connect before the end of the year, but nonetheless, congratulations. <sighs> I will talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you so much, and um, I'll say hi to everybody listening to this podcast. So, thank you. <laughs>